a full company audit through a digitalized AI process mm -hmm. is something that we're seeing and it is transforming the industry. And I think that's something you know to, to, look, to look out for. Guys, we have Narain here on the podcast. Narain, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, we originally talked uh, much earlier on about having you on. Uh, we went through like a hiatus, like three, four months where, you know, we kind of, we paused all podcast production, trying to figure out a better setup, what to use, how, yeah. to, how to run a better virtual environment. Yeah. Man, when COVID first hit, like it hit us like a brick, right? Like through yeah. the weekend um, that the, like the weekend, the, the pandemic was called. We had five like amazing guests lined up, mm -hmm. like back to back. We had a full crew. We had like we had we had a, like you know we, we set up a stage and like a uh, three ca three four camera like four K camera setups, like three oh. of them, uh, HD audio. We have an audio technician on set. Like we had a whole set, a portable right. set that we would take to like um, innovation centers we we're partnered with and yeah. run it there, right? And it was a blast. Like you, yeah. you have, like we built this like portable like talk show. Yeah, that we can yeah. take to innovation centers, partner with them, have their, you know, back, them in the background, bring high quality guests on, provide high quality video, and uh, really enjoy that. But man, like, we had a last minute cancel everything. Jesus. Uh, right? Yeah. The Sunday was a film date. On the Monday, the global pandemic was called officially. Oh, right? Um, that week, I moved into my new house where we are right. now. Right. And I had to cancel all furniture shipments. And oh, for about no. two months, through three yeah. months, me and my wife, we were just living off the floor because we had no furniture. Oh we had a mattress on the ground, and only <laughs> only furniture we had yeah. was a sofa and uh, two TVs that sat on the floor because we didn't, <laughs> we didn't have any mounts or anything. More, more TVs than uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's it. and <laughs> legit, I'm like, how do we how do we pivot a pot like this, like the, from going from an H, H, like you know HD, poor quality, you know multi person. Uh, like in-person setup. How do I transfer all that to virtual? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Had no clue. So started doing Instagram live videos. Started like experimenting on different plat channels, uh, looking for different ways. Right. And we yeah. went from like you know 4K videos on YouTube to yeah. Instagram live. Figured a way to like record Instagram live. Yeah. Realize it's super choppy, really bad yeah. quality. We go from yeah. four, four like four, you know 4K quality on 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 YouTube to now yeah. having like 320p and a grainy like Instagram like capture. Yeah. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, how yeah. do we, how do we do this better? Right. But you know what? Everyone is dealing with that. Now, how do you communicate better? How do you figure things exactly. out? Right. But like, I think the cool thing is this 2020 has gone by in a flash. Like yeah. we're, we're at the end of 2020. It feels like it's, last it's, month, all this stuff started. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So. But here we are now and yeah. we, we kind of sort of figured it out. It, right. Like people are meeting, yeah. we're, we're getting business done. We're getting things, yeah. things are happening. Yeah. Right. And it's actually happening at a faster pace because it's true. We we we're not traveling across the city anymore. We're no. not stuck in Toronto <laughs> Fridlock. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We're just like, okay, yeah. you want to connect? We connect. We talk. We put the phone down. We go. Yeah. You know, chill with our significant other. Have lunch. Come back, and we're on another call. It's you know? true. Yeah. How how has the pandemic affected you? Yeah. Great question. So I think um, for for us, uh, you know. It, it really came pretty suddenly, like you said, right? So in a lot of ways, um, I don't think anybody coming into 2020 <laughs> anticipated anything like this, right? So we started off, I think I saw, I think I saw a meme the other day where it was like uh, January, February, 
quarantine and then it's December right? and that's really what 2020 has been and I, I think you know uh, for me and, and maybe I can my situation has been a little bit different because I've always um, so I'm based in Ottawa uh, Ontario so oh. uh, yeah so so I grew up in Toronto and then a number of years I uh, I, I moved here and uh, for me uh, I've always kind of had the remote world in, in a lot of ways so I've, I've worked remotely for a long time so but I think the biggest change is I was traveling a lot though so I used to like, a lot of my client base is still in Toronto and uh, so very familiar with Toronto and things like that so that suddenly stopped and so mm -hmm. it, what what happened there it became a case of uh, I was still kind of used to it but everyone else you know kind of adapting to this new normal right so mm -hmm. so clients you know how, how are we going to meet clients how are we going to deal with we deal with the government right so mm -hmm. you know, how, how are we going to do that how are we going to deal with my colleagues right there's so many touch points that we have on a day-to-day -day. so the biggest thing was that connection right so just having that ability to uh, you know how, how are you going to and, and beyond the work world you know just your personal experiences like how, how, how are you going to stay connected I think that's the biggest thing and and for me and, and quickly it became a case of you know uh, you know getting on the tools like you said you know, switching to things like zoom um, and uh, luckily for us at, at work we rolled out uh, Microsoft Teams right around that time and actually it was mm -hmm. an expedited thing that wasn't supposed to happen but uh, slowly we I think we adapted you know and and you know what what it became down to is you know how do we make things work for people you know how do you make things make life easier for people you know using these tools how do we leverage these tools how do we find different times you know to to get in touch with people you know make it more convenient for them so like you were saying off the top it, it wasn't just you and I that the pandemic affected it affected everybody right and so we were all kind of growing through it there were some growing pains in the beginning um, but I think that's been the biggest uh, kind of thing is how we've kind of come together and mm. and I know we've talked about it before, you know later on we you know on our team we had uh, I was talking to them today we had a number of co-op students you know and you could just imagine you know and I was a co-op student a number of years ago it's like you're coming into the working world and uh, you're you're at home Right. You're not you're not in the office. You're not meeting people. Right. And for we had a lot of new hires as well in our team. And for them, just hearing their experiences around around mm -hmm. you know, winning a company in the pandemic was kind of uh, was very eye opening in a lot of ways. Yeah. So um, so I think that's been the biggest thing. It's like we've grown together. Uh, we found new ways to make those connections and we've kind of settled in. Right. And a lot of ways, um, you know, coming into next year, I think we feel better about what we've been able to do is it perfect no but i think we've found a way uh, to make it work so i think that's that's been a lot of you know uh, in terms of the you know the the way the pandemic has affected me and and how we've kind of learned and grown together uh, you know so yeah absolutely interesting yeah uh, let's yeah. talk a little bit about the work you do um yeah. thornton llp you're yeah. like a large-scale accounting firm but you work that's a lot right. of startups help them navigate um you know their, all their financials yeah. as well as help them with um, th these applications, right, to grants and, and different government programs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's a question I get a lot of the times when I'm talking to companies. It's like, yeah, you guys are a big, you know, big accounting firm, global firm. You know, you know, do you actually work with small companies mm -hmm. and work with startups? And and actually, the, the answer is yes. And the reason for that is when you look at these programs, when you look at these government programs, that's who they're designed for, right? They're not mm -hmm. for the not for the big guys. And uh, yeah, the the big the big companies do do benefit from these programs at, at a lower scale. The SMEs, the startups, um, these are the companies that uh, really benefit from these programs. Mm -hmm. These what these programs are designed for. So it's kind of a nice, you know, a nice piece of the puzzle, you know, where we have this group and in a lot of ways we're very different from our other sort of um, uh, other groups at Grant Thornton in a lot of ways because we we've got we're not just accountants. You know, my background is is computer science, right? And I've got my colleagues who are we've got engineers, mechanical engineers, computer engineers, uh, you know, others that have done manufacturing. So we've got all these sort of um, 
industry specific folks on our team and we've got the financial uh, folks on our team. And so we've got this nice complementary team that can go out to the market and, and help companies. And really um, th- that's where the, the interest in startups uh, came to me is when really, when I started Grant Thorne, I've been here um, closing in on six years. Uh, what I found was there is an opportunity to play in this space. There's an opportunity to help companies. And, and they, again, they're, they're the guys that need the help, right? So you mm. know, when you think about like, how do you scale up a company? Um, you know, one of the things for, for Grant Thornton is that's what we want to do. We want to help companies scale. We want to help companies grow. Um, and, and really it's, it's private business, it's owner managed companies that you'll see as a focus. So while we are a big player and we can help the big, the big guys, you'll find that we, we really play in this space, uh, Mm. more so. And, and our group is just a real, really a nice example of that. So, yeah. So, I mean, you talked about this, right? Like, uh, people's people saying you're, you're a big firm, a global firm. Why work with small companies? Why work with startups? What is the, the value of startups in your eyes and from, from, from the company side. Yeah. From the company side, it's great from the perspective of what we call relationship building, right? So we, you know, there's some, there's some real value that we can provide to companies in the early stages. So, you know, establishing yourself with a, with a firm like ours where we can help you. And in the beginning, it might just be, uh, you know, a program like the, the, the SRNED shred program, right? Because, you know, that's an easy program for companies to, to access, but down the line, you know, you're going to have other needs, right? So as companies scale, you, you might uh, be looking at other jurisdictions. You might be looking to expand into the U.S. or international markets. And we can be there when you need that help. So the nice thing about us is, you know, if you get going from the beginning, you've started to build that relationship with us as a firm. You know who we are. You know what we can do. And the services start to come, right? So there's an opportunity to do things like the government funding programs. You might need help with, you know, bookkeeping. You might need, you know, every company that incorporates needs a tax filing, right? So there's there's kind of a, it's it's a mutually beneficial relationship, so, you know, in a lot of ways. So companies mm-hmm. can take advantage of those services from the beginning. And for us, it's it's really an opportunity to hold co- their hand in a lot of ways, right? Hold mm-hmm. companies' hands as they, as they grow because they're going to have things. And the way we like to position it is, you know, we don't see ourselves as a, you know, here we're providing a service, but we are, we are almost a, um, we want to be seen as that sort of um, mentor. We want to be seen as that trusted advisor, right? How, and how do you build that trust? Uh, it starts from the beginning. It starts by, you know, um, saying that, you know, when you, you know, when you need us, we'll be there. And it's not just a, hey, we're going to, we're going to start charging you for things. It's it, sometimes it's a conversation, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a, Hey, you know, what do you need in your business right now? And, and that's kind of the mentality that we have. So, so when they see that, you know, for startups, when they see like a, a you know, a firm like ours behind them, it, there's that, you know, that reputation, they feel better. And then we feel better because we can help them. So. Yeah, definitely. And like having such a brand name behind you definitely gives you kind of a validation when you're like, especially a small little firm, you're yeah. saying, wow, I have these people behind me. It gives you confidence. gives you a lot of bragging rights, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it gives you it's a, like a, a credibility, con- yeah. Credibility, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's definitely value in that kind of service, right? Like, especially a large-scale company that can provide that kind of stable kind of framework to, to operate in, right? It's there. But, like, what would you say when comparing to, like, a smaller boutique firm who's more nimble, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I like this. This is my my confusion at this, right? You assume smaller, like nimble companies could do that, but problem is startups are notoriously like awful, awful clients because yeah. yeah. they don't have money. 
yeah, right? That's right. I mean, you know, they can't pay upfront. They can't yeah. pay for the services. Yeah. Sometimes they run out of cash flow, all this kind That's of thing. Right. Smaller firms can't really take the risk of working with startups, especially in intensive ways. Yeah. Whereas for a larger firm, it kind of makes sense, right? You can like seed the industry, work with like, you know, 10, 20, 30 companies a quarter. Yeah. And then uh, most of those companies might fail, might not go anywhere, might get stuck for a while. Yeah. But even if a handful, you know, within a few years, uh, you know, become like, you know, bigger brands, bigger things, they're going to remember you. And because right. they, they work from the beginning, set up the foundations for them, it's yeah. easier for them to keep working with you. And I see that's, that's, right. that's like the business case for what, right. you, what you guys do. Yeah, right? I, I also, I've likened to it like a lottery ticket. Like a lot mm -hmm. of times a startup is a lottery ticket because you're, you're, you've got 10 and, you know, maybe, maybe two of them make it big. But as a, as a firm, we have that ability, I think, in a lot of ways to, yeah, are we, are we going to, in some cases, we're not making a lot of money, you know, in, in some of these companies in the, in the early stages. And that's, and we know that kind of going in and, yeah. but we, we're able to, we're able to absorb some of that. A lot of our, what we say when we get involved with a company um, in their first year, second year, it's a lot of, uh, education it's a lot of ramp up it's a lot of hand holding and and we we know that kind of going in right? and there's that appetite for uh for for doing that and and we've have seen some great success stories come out of you know companies where we were there in the beginning and we've seen them grow we've seen them uh raise money we've seen them go through seed rounds and we've seen them uh, you know you know, they actually take on additional services from us because we they need that support, right, when they scale. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, that's great to see. That's what we'd like to see from all of the startups. But you, like you said, like, you know, it's 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 a bit of a game sometimes. But um, for us, uh, we are able to play in that space. So there again, there's sometimes that notion of, oh, you know, you're maybe not able to compete with some of the with some of the smaller players and things like that and and that's that's not that's not true like a lot of times we're trying to cater some of our offerings to work with the startups right and mm -hmm. you know factoring that in and maybe there's some things that we can do in the first year and second year and then when it, when when you guys are doing better and you know then you can take on more with us and there's that kind of agreement that we have sometimes in place so um so yeah i think that there that, that you know what's the show the uh myth mythbusters or whatever you know it's like yeah you guys don't work with startups right you guys don't work with firms and a lot of my uh, conversations are 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 uh, to to kind of dispel that notion. Sometimes it's like, no, mm -hmm. it's it's a different model, but you know, it's it's it, it, we can be there. And the nice thing is, it's not just us. Like we've got other service lines, we've got other things that we can offer, and that's what we can bring to the table. So um, yeah, and we hope that you know the companies like that approach. We hope that you know they they can see the value of of working with someone like us from the get go, mm -hmm. uh, um, and not having to you know, start with someone else and you know, work their way over to us after a few years. It's a bit of a transition. Sometimes it's a bit more challenging. So yeah, yeah that's, that's the idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the unique things uh, I've had experience is like, I got started within the, the startup ecosystem back in like 2013. When it was right. Toronto, Toronto scene is still very, it's very relatively new. It's yeah. still developing a lot of sense, but back then there's very few companies doing what you do. I mean, yeah. Canada, we're, we're very conservative as a nation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And especially in our business, in our business practices, especially in Toronto, which is a banking center. Yeah. Right. We have these large little players that never really took, you know, small companies seriously until, right. you know, Silicon Valley style startups became popping up and started to disrupt That's the right. market and tech started eating the, eating the world. That's right. right. Um, like, you know, and now that we are seeing more and more of these kind of companies get in. Right. Uh, get into this kind of game, right? Like, like you said, it's like a lottery ticket, right? Like, yeah. And uh, one of the interesting things about startups is being the outside person working with them, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like one of the one of the coolest um, one of the problems that we're, uh, I'm personally really interested in is like how do we invest more in startups, mm -hmm. not just capital, 
mm-hmm. but resources, mm-hmm. right? How do you directly invest in them? Yeah. And at first we thought, you know, uh, you know, we thought we were trying to invent a new business model, but realizing, yeah. you know, people like you are already already been doing this. You know, it's yeah. historically been practicing, right? Yeah. You don't necessarily yeah. invest capital into a company. You can yeah. you can invest resources, advisory services, right? Um, you know, human capital. Like there's there's multiple things uh, you can put into something to blossom yeah. it, to grow it, and get it get it get it happening. And you know, yeah. for a, for a startup to really blossom, like you need like a community around it, yeah. Yeah. right? Different players providing different side, sides of things. You know, these yeah. incubators, accelerators, providing like very like regimented programs and support, yeah. co-working spaces for them to work out of, government grants to make soften the blow, yeah. right? Professional services like yours that can perform an executive level function, right, really well, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of that executive function, like, uh, can you talk a little bit more about exactly what you would do for a startup? Like, what does that, what does that service look like? Important. Yeah. So, so when we look at it from our particular group's offering, so when you talk about government funding, right? So that's an important uh, area, and that's one of the areas. Um, so our group is actually called RDGI. So it's Research Development Government Incentives. So it's the, it's it's really that full suite of what is out there. Because the biggest question I get again in a startup is, you know, is money, right? So you know, where 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 is the funding going to come from? You know, once you've exhausted the friends and family, and you know, you can bootstrap only for so long, right? Then you want to try and look at some of these programs. The problem with these programs as a startup, you're where you're already wearing so many hats, right? And and it's there's time, there's complexity around navigating through these programs. So if, if you take a look at the you know the research development program, the SRNED program, very good program. I highly recommend you know any company that's mm-hmm. that's doing activities that qualify. Problem is, do you have the time? to to spend to put together the applications do you have the time to navigate through things like documentation do you have the time to to sit with you know um sit through the cra process and things like that so are really when we look at what we can do for companies is is shoulder a lot of that burden right is the idea to offload a lot of those um uh you know activities that they would normally have to do and act as sort of their partner in when it comes to these applications when it comes to these programs you know we can be there to identify the programs so a lot of when you look at the grants landscape it changes constantly right so there's government funding some of these programs come and go uh you know when the budget rolls around again in in march or whatever it is you know these things change so staying on top of you know just staying on top of these programs is really important it's hard for a startup to to manage their day-to-day let alone you know keep it keep an eye on these type of programs and then then you get into the application process itself which can it can vary some of them are you know not as complicated but other ones have very complex application process recording reporting requirements things like that so that's where we can come in and really uh like you know i like the term executive function like we can come in and and be that support right we can be there Mm -hmm. as much as or as little as you want us to be so we're very flexible um so our our approach is really that to, to help companies um you know, maximize under these programs when it comes to the government funding side. Uh, where it comes into the other side of uh, our offerings, it would be things like, yeah, you need to you need to be c- compliant with your tax filing, right? You need to be compliant with uh, reporting requirements. So if companies are going out to raise money, a lot of the times they need these vetted financial statements, right? Like, you know, they want it, you want to have somebody reputable behind that, a name behind that when you're going out to do these seed raises and different things like that. So yeah, that's that's where we can get involved. It's it's really nice because we can be as, again as much or as little as you want us involved, right? So we're pretty flexible in our approach, and um, and the the breadth of services is nice too that we can bring in people, right? And we can bring them in early. So we might say, hey, you know, this company startup here in Canada, they're looking to expand uh, in the states. You know, we can we can bring in our local U.S. tax team, and we can we can also connect them with somebody in our Grant Thornton member firm in the U.S. and things like that. So we have that kind of ability to 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 you know to 
to connect with companies and do that. But essentially, that's kind of you know what it looks like is that we want to get a sense of what they need at that time, and then we can have the right people come in and, and help them. And uh, yeah, so our group again is really focused on the government funding side, but there's a lot of different things that companies need to you know need to think about. Uh, even in the early stage, you'd be surprised. You know, companies think about you know, and maybe I don't need to worry about uh, you know what about you know how do I save on tax? You know, tax shelters. How do I you know yeah. how do I structure my yeah. company so that? And it's it's that kind of kind of you know things to think about that we want to you know have that conversation with them early on so mm -hmm. yeah 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 i mean i think it's so important i've talked to so many startups you know especially during the COVID time yeah and you know uh siba and all these government programs came to effect yeah. Yeah. but to apply for it you know this company's like i haven't done my taxes in two years <laughs> there you go you know like yeah. they haven't had time yeah. or they didn't have the resources or the mental capacity or yeah they just don't have the know-how right I mean, exactly the, one of the deepest problems with being a founder is a level of skills you need to develop yeah. to do the thing that you really want to do. That's you right. Know, you want to build this company, you want to, for it to solve a particular focus, but you need to know legal, but you need to know accounting. That's right. But you need to know how to like, you know, apply for these programs. You need to know how to, uh, you know, submit your taxes on time, right? You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Like, who yeah. to work with, when to work with. I mean, there's so many executive functions that requires yeah. running of a corporation. Right. Yep. And yep. You know, everyone's on this on this beeline course, like I want to be independent, be self-made, but there are yep. resources like yourselves yep. that you can rely and depend on. Yep. That you can kind of co-brand with. Yep. Have you felt that there's been a, a learning curve to educate startups and founders that like, hey, we exist and we do this. You can you can you can come to us, right? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the big things is like a lot of people are really good at what they're doing. So if you look at an engineer, he has, he's great at, you know, the, the problem that he's trying to solve or the idea that he has to try to uh, to, to, to actually work on the, the technology itself. Mm -hmm. But where they really lack is that, um, you know, it's, is, is that business, you know, the business savvy, right? So they, they're great at, at, at that side of it. But yeah, like you said, I, I can't remember how many times I've heard, yeah, I haven't filed my taxes yet. Yeah. You know, I haven't, two, three years, I haven't filed tax returns. I haven't done these things. And it's those, those things, Yes. So absolutely. To answer your question, there is that education because a lot of the times it's, it's understanding what they, they don't know what they don't know. Like they, 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 you know, it's kind of like, yeah, what do I need to do? And, and a lot of times it's, it's that, you know, it's that half hour conversation and we can kind of figure out, yeah, there's one, these three things that you need to do, uh, you know, that could get you back in a position that you're supposed to be and it can set you up better for future. Mm. So, so there is often that education around what you need to do. And then there's an education on how we can help you do it. Right. So it, it's, 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 it may be, it may be possible on your side. You just don't have the time or you just don't have the, the, the know-how on how to do it. And, and sometimes those things are we breathe those things on a day to day, right? So for us to take on that function, um, you know, it, it can be time is money, right? So in a lot of ways, uh, we can come in and, and kind of support them and help them. And so a, a lot of the times is it's just figuring out like where those gaps are. Some companies are better than others, um, but I find the companies that are better have really good relationships with groups. They have a good legal, you know, relationship. They 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 have those solid relationships. They have a good relationship with their accountant. Good relationship with uh, with other mentors um those are the ones that i from my experience in the last dozen or so years that i've seen have really been successful is once they've uh, you know once they've established those solid relationships it allows them to focus right on their business it allows them to focus they don't have to worry about did i file my tax return you know did i you know clear up this legal matter like i i need i need to focus on my business i need to bring in the right people to focus on my business and I, and I think yeah i think there is that education and i think you had mentioned a really good point earlier about like when i got started in in, in school, you know, and I, I talked to my friends about, you know, entrepreneurship, we just didn't have, 
we didn't have that uh, support system. You know, we were talking, and I'm dating myself, but you know, talking about early 2000s, you know, mm-hmm. you're coming out of computer science. We didn't think about entrepreneur. We, we thought about, you know, uh, getting yeah. a job, working at, you know, Rim, Rim Blackberry back <laughs> in the day or Microsoft or one of those things that, you know, we didn't have the, you know, and I'm a graduate of the University of Toronto Scarborough as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, did the co-op program there in computer science. It's like, nice. You know, we uh, we didn't think about it because we didn't have it. Now you have you have the incubators, you have the accelerators, but beyond those things, I think you you know the accounting firms have been around, the legal firms have been around. We is to make sure that you know you have that support system as well behind you. So I think it's gone a lot better for entrepreneurs, especially Mm. in the last dozen or so years. But we need to, I think, continue that education uh, process for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What does that environment look like for you now? Like looking back at it, would you have gone the entrepreneur route? You know what? I, I'm I'm jealous of entrepreneurs. <laughs> you know, I I think now in a position where you know it's too late for me and I'm not the the risk taker. But I think back then I I almost certainly I took entrepreneurship in high school. I uh, in university I kind of we had ideas. It's just you you didn't have that support. And I think yeah. yeah I think I probably would. I probably would maybe you know would have made it big. I I don't know that I could say that. But you know would have had some ideas that I would have tried to would have taken some sort of entrepreneurship course like a fourth year some sort of project and and it really you know I'm really amazed by uh, the you know the like the ideas that uh, that these young people have these days. You know talking about 21, 22 year olds mm-hmm. starting companies. It's it's a great mindset and yeah. uh, and it's not just one right. So a lot of them have exited. And they go to the next one, and they go to the next one. So that mindset, um, uh, I think, you know, is great to see. Um, so yeah, I, I probably would have, in some capacity, you know, tried something out, maybe you know, with uh, with some support from like a you know one of those university accelerators, or something. It would have been great. And I think in, when you're younger and you don't have you know the the family, you don't have the other responsibilities. I think it's easier in a lot of ways mm-hmm. to try and take those risks. And if it's if it's supported by your school and coming out of something like that, yeah. I, and I think and I think we need that. You know, yeah. I think we really need that. We need those ideas to 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 come. You know, one thing in Canada, we've been we've been great on the innovation side, maybe not so much on the the commercialization side, right? Yeah. So how do you take those ideas and get them to the next level? I think that's the next step as mm-hmm. a, as a country. Um, yeah. You know, patent. How do we keep our ideas? How do we keep it here in Canada? Um, but I think we've gotten better. So you know, I I do I do like the. Uh, uh, I do like what we do for startups, and I do like the uh, that mindset for sure for entrepreneurs. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, speaking of the support structure, right? I think yeah. I feel like one of the biggest things that especially campus incubators do, right, more than the mentorship and everything, it's it's more of the the confidence building to say like, yeah. my idea matters. There's a whole infrastructure in place right. that if I was right. to do anything with this, yeah. they'll support me. Yeah, right. Is yeah. that what you mean by support? Like when you talked about, you know, you had these ideas, but you wish you had support. I totally agree with that. Like, I think it's um, how, you know, it's like somebody believes in this idea that I have or somebody is there and, and it could be a professor, it could be a specific, you know, offering. It could, it doesn't necessarily have to be that, that full suite of a, of a cohort system, right? Where you're, you're doing this whole, you know, now they, nowadays they, they all have it, right? Where you have that, you go through this program, but it's just that, I guess that belief, like you said, like there's someone you can talk to about a specific idea that you have or or the other nice thing is there's others with that mindset that you can kind of collaborate with. Right. So, you know, it's it's so often that I see uh, uh, talk to a company. It's like, yeah, this came out of a, a project, just an idea that we had as fourth year students. The three of us got together and we started this company. It's great. Right. It's 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 bringing people together and who may have common you know common ideas on something or very bright people that you know uh have something that they want to do and there is that support behind them so i think um it's 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 it can take different forms but i think um i think just having that 
you know, uh, you know, whatever it looks like, it's like having someone believe and say, Hey, yeah, like this is an idea that you guys should pursue. Um, and you know, may, maybe my ideas back then weren't so great as some of the people they fit that people are doing things now, but, uh, yeah, I think so. I, I think that, uh, it's getting better for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, talking about, uh, ETSC, you know, yes. the UFD Scarborough campus, uh, UFD yeah. has 13 incubators now, right? That's across, right. spread across three, three campuses. Um, one, uh, almost two, there's another one uh, opening up oh, that opened up there is at Scarborough campus. And yeah. for, like, it's crazy to think, uh, that like when I, when my last year is when it opened up and right. just by happenstance, I, I, it, I happened to be there. So the, the incubator was opened up by a professor named, um, uh, uh Dr. Gray Grafham, right. Uh-huh. Who founded this. He's a new media studies professor. When right. he he came here, for, uh, came to UFT, one of the things he requested is like, yeah, I want to be, I want to teach here, but I also want to create the center, right? Nice. A center for innovation, center for uh, for um, experiential learning. Yep. And it was really his drive and his push that got this place made. Yeah. Right. And uh, funny enough, the day it opened, he loves telling the story. The day it yeah. opened, yeah, I walked in. Wow. I was the first person <laughs> to walk in that building. Uh, and amazing. this is 2013 when uh, I was trying to launch a startup, right? Uh, I'm actually a, a failed dropout. I tried to drop out of university three times to okay. create three different uh, three different startups. Right. I thought that that's what I want to be, you know, yeah, I want yeah, to be that yeah. student entrepreneur, that young yeah. person who yeah, just like yeah. kills it. Yeah. I created three companies by before I turned 25. And the last yeah. one uh, yeah. was a tech company, right. no technical background. Mm-hmm. And the only real way I, I got, got it launched was just randomly going through campus, going through the business department, trying to find resources. No wow. one really helping me out. Going to the computer science department, like, Yo, how do I build apps? No one really helped me out. Yeah, yeah, Kept yeah. knocking on doors. So I went into the one door that, that opened and stayed open, which yeah. turned out to be an incubator, wow. which I never heard of existed. Yeah, right? yeah. And that kind of launched my journey into it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, flash forward, like, you know, I, my, my company graduated out of that incubator, right? Right, uh, right out of that time that UFD and like all the universities and Toronto itself, the, Toronto, the sort of scene was trying to pick up. So I suddenly found myself on like on on UFD magazines and like yeah, on yeah. pictures and like posters and I'm like what is going on? <laughs> you're you're like, famous. Yeah. I'm I'm a solid D student. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I never, you know what I mean? I've never got yeah. any academic acclaim. But right, now right. that just because I have the guts to pursue an idea or I have this idea that I just keep 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 going after, yeah. you know, month after month, right? This huge institution is now promoting me, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's just like the the validation that gives you that. Holy shit! This idea might not be the greatest, yeah. but like this, if if a university like UFT sort of believe in it, in they're willing yeah. to take that chance to be like, yeah. yo, this is what this is what UFT entrepreneurship looks like, and that's a right. picture of you's included. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, yeah, right? yeah that's, that, it gives you that. Yeah, it gives you that backing, right? It gives you that support that you feel like what you're doing, even if it's you know not a fully validated idea, but you have somebody behind you. And uh, yeah, so you were uh, you were hustling way even, even years yeah. ago before the term became, uh, became Absolutely. popular. Absolutely. So yeah, Absolutely. No, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So in in my yeah, mine's like I said, like oh three oh four. There was no, no, you know be, be, forget forget uh, incubators, accelerators. There was you know nothing even. Yeah. There might have been something entrepreneurship related, but you're talking about kind of the old school you know you know entrepreneurship mentality. And I did a course in high school uh, for entrepreneurship, and I think. I think my idea was like an internet service provider or something. You know? So it was, this is like late, you know, late nineties we're talking about it. It's like, so yeah, it's come a long way, you know, and I haven't yeah. been back to the campus for a while, but I can only imagine like things are only, you know, getting bigger and better and you're going to see success stories come out, yeah. of, you know, of, of these things. So that's, yeah, it's good. Good to hear. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I was doing a talk at a high school uh, it was a few years back. And one of the things that, um, like I said, 
you stuck with me even, right? Yeah. It's like, why university, why did you think of university? I was talking to parents. Yeah. I was like, why did you think of universities as a, as a perfect environment to create a business, yeah. right? Or start a business or even get into that mentality of businesses, yeah. right? Yeah. So one, you develop skills, yes. But yeah. two, you also have, like, university literally means universal city. Yeah. Right. It originates from a Greek word, and it's meant. To, a university is meant to have everything a city would in a micro environment. Yep. So yep. you have, you know, all these stores, retail environments. You have yep. the academic centers. You have all this stuff compressed together. But you also have, on average, fifteen thousand students. That's right. Right. All, you know, all within the same kind of demographics, all within the same kind of trajectory, all ambitious, all validated to be smart and, uh, you know, ambitious people who are also, also like, you know, filtered by economic standing because they can afford university yep. or have the mental capacity to like, uh, you know, qualify for the grant programs that uh, to, get to get them in that environment. So you have this huge, like, you know, value set of people you can experiment ideas with, you can build with, have partners with, sell to. Right, get validation from to really generate your business, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of you know, like you know, a lot of innovative, uh, most one of the most innovative, uh, uh, some of the most innovative companies have come out of universities. Yep. Talent pool, the validation from testing factors, the facilities to be used of, yep. and also the time sink. Right. Yep. You, know, you trade kind of your studies uh, to, <laughs> towards your company, but like yeah. you know, the yeah. value value pop slides that way. Yeah. Right. But like now that we're seeing this innovation ecosystem, like you know, if you look at everything from the government of Canada to the province. You know, the entire country is geared towards innovation being the answer to our economic recovery. You know, That's right. uh, job creation, um, you know, economic recovery, uh, all, all the income uh, income growth is projected to come from innovation. And yeah. now the government has seriously, like, there's always been like a generalized uh, attempt toward innovation. You know, we have these super clusters, AI super clusters, mm -hmm. industry super clusters spread out That's across right. across the nation. But now it's like, holy shit. We we really got to double down on this. That's right. Homegrown right. talent is going to be everything. We can't rely right. on foreign partners opening up branches of their companies here. We can't no. rely on these uh, on like these old world kind of uh, you know post you know pre COVID kind of companies. That's right. To expand and, and 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 you know and survive. We need to yeah. grow new novel business. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and 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 you see this like ecosystem kind of collapsing and coordinating amongst each other, right? And everyone kind of trying to figure. Everyone's kind of like geared towards this cause. That's right. And what I like, what I like is that what, I, what I'm seeing is like you know like innovators, and uh, you know by extension even academics are like the, are like, we're, we're like the you know the the counterculture of today. Yeah. Yeah. You know like. That's true. It suddenly became cool to be a founder. Yeah, that's you know? right. How that it's bio completely changed. Yeah. You know, before it used yeah. to be like, you know, you're kind of a fool. You're gonna risk yeah, your career, what, your life. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're yeah, sitting yeah, in your basement making yeah. this thing, but now it's like a cultural. You become yeah. a cultural yeah. icon. It is. Yeah. It is. Right. Maybe maybe it's gone too. I don't say it's gone too much the other way, but sometimes you, you do see that too, right? Where it's like mm -hmm. there there's some people maybe you know who shouldn't be doing entrepreneurship and they don't have the best ideas, or it's, you're getting into a market that's really saturated. But that mindset is still there, and I think we need to encourage that right because mm -hmm. because we want people there's people sitting at home with great ideas right and that's how we grow that's how we uh, you know grow as a company as a country yeah. um and and i think you're right in the pandemic that's what we've seen like you've seen while you know the year hasn't been you know the year that you know and every anyone anticipated or wanted there have been some stories coming out you know in terms of people that have been able to be successful um and find solutions when you think about you know uh doctor's visits and you think about that whole world i've got clients that are doing you know the mm -hmm. patient the virtual visits right software like that what we're using right now you think about zoom you think about um, education 
right? Being able to do things online, we've had to we've had to quickly adapt, right? But there's been we've found solutions um, to problems that maybe we didn't anticipate, but we've been able to do that during the pandemic. And who would have ever thought, right? If you had this, if there's a pandemic. 20 years ago, you know, how much worse it would have been. But mm. people have actually been able to adapt and innovate in this time, which is remarkable. I saw a company yesterday, actually an Ottawa-based company that just raised a whole bunch of money. They're doing uh, real-time delivery, you know. Mm. And you think about that industry and, and being able to get goods, not so much the uh, the Amazon, a little bit different than the Amazon model, but getting things to people, uh, you know, on time. And, mm. and you, know, we, you know, so there are always solutions to be had I, I feel like and there's all there's there's ideas and it's funny when uh you know when, when technology rolls out you know when the ipad first rolled out and i was one of the first ones to say you know yeah like you know, who's going to use this right <laughs> who's going to you know when you were thinking about it, like who's going to use the ipad but there are ideas to be had there there's things that we can't even thought about that are that are that are coming and that's why we need to foster uh, entrepreneurial innovation because those ideas are are with are with the young people right they're in the universities mm. I, I like i really like the example you used about university being that uh, you know, uh, kind of, uh, you've got that pool of people that have common mind ideas. It's how do we bring them together? And and we are seeing that. We are definitely seeing that more and more mm. than seen ten years ago. And and we want those ideas to turn into uh, innovation. We want them to turn into jobs, and we want them to turn into. That's how we build our economy. And I and I really applaud the, you know, what the, the government has done during this time. Is uh, there was some concern, uh, you know, when when things hit that they would those things may dry up and how, how do we promote these programs and how do we get funding to the people that need it, but they haven't shied away. Right. So they've done everything in their power with the, with the subsidies to help the startups. Right. They've mm. done everything with clusters, uh, continue fostering this COVID specific, uh, funding that they've done. You know, that we've seen a lot, um, of that type of mindset, right. And it starts at the top. And so, you know, and then that, and then when I, when the example we talked about of having somebody behind you, it has to be, it has to start there, right? It has to be, everybody has to be on board, mm. um, kind of fostering something like that. And, and I think we'll be better for it. You know, we'll see what happens in 2021, but I, I think, um, you know, while again, it has been a challenging year, I think there, there has been, uh, there have been some success stories for, for sure. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. I mean, one of the cool things about Thornton is like, you know, we work with a lot of, um, you know, regional innovation centers and we work with a lot of, uh, um, what was it, incubators and accelerators across region, yeah. you know, yeah. and we're seeing more and more pop up. Like what I, what I love seeing is like, you know, municipalities, entire municipalities, like yeah. Barry, Sudbury, uh, right. Thornton, like, you know, like uh, yeah. uh, Thunder Bay, yeah. you know, they're, they, the entire municipality, they'll even have a department for innovation. That's right. right. Uh, a lot That's of these right. uh, small towns now have a entrepreneur residence. Yep. Right. Yep. In the city, right. In Trying city. to figure out how to promote companies to form. Yeah. Right and run the city almost like an innovation center, right? That's right. And um, and I I, I know looking uh, working with these all these innovation partners, you know I see Thor, uh, the Thornton, uh, Thornton's name everywhere, right? Like yeah. you know you, you're partnering yeah. up with these innovation center, innovation centers, you're, you're you know working at an executive function at such an early stage, right in the right in the boots on the ground, you're putting uh, you know resources right where the companies are forming out of right. these centers, right? right? How has uh, that yielded return for you? Like, how how has that been? Like, like is that was it systematic? Like, did you guys go all in? Like, you know what? We're gonna double down on this and you know start supporting the centers, yeah. or was that like an organic reach out that you started getting feedback from and started doubling down? Like, how was that growth? Yeah, I think it would be more more the latter, right? It's been more sort of organic in the sense that we've had um, some relationships that have kind of cultivated, right? So mm -hmm. over our successful, so we've had some client success stories come out of some of these groups, and then it's sort of you know just through either through word of mouth or you know 
startups talk, right? You know, companies have similar challenges that are similar stages and they're like, oh yeah, so, you know, what, what do you recommend for this? And who, you know, what, what do you suggest we do? And, and companies start talking and that's where we can provide value because we can come in and we've done, I've done this many, many times, you know, come in and do a, like a presentation or a talk about a certain thing. And you'd be surprised how many companies, again, have those needs, have those challenges, right? So in a lot of ways, it's been, it's, it's, it's been great just to be and get, you know, be in front of these type of companies at that stage mm-hmm. and, you know, provide and say, you know, and, and the nice thing is we can bring in different groups, you know, we can say, Hey, like we've done, we've done, for example, uh, we've done presentations called business fundamentals. So mm-hmm. just as the name suggests, like at that stage, you need to incorporate, you need to, you know, you, what do you, what are your requirements around paying tax HST? Um, you know, how do you get started with government programs? You would be you wouldn't be surprised how valuable companies find these types of you know informative presentations because you think it's a lot of stuff that you would expect companies to know, but in a lot of cases again it's it's there's even if they can take away you know one or two bits of information, it's something for them to think about and mm-hmm. and it allows you know it keeps that co- co- conversation going with us right so and and it may and, and I think part of it too is is being patient sometimes right so you may have you may go into a, one of these centers and companies are very early but I've had this happen so many times where a company reach back out even in a year and say hey you know what we you know, we connected at this uh, presentation you, you talked about. Now we're at a stage, you know, where we're looking for that. So there, there is that, mm-hmm. you know, patient element and all, it may not all come because companies grow at different stages and, and things happen. You have to be mindful of that. But we've had, yeah, I think we've had a lot of success where we've been able to to come into these different uh, organizations, different accelerators, incubators present. Uh, some of them are, you know, very different focus, different sectors, different, you know, technology. So we have kind of the right people coming into these groups. But mm-hmm. um, I think that's where it's been valuable. For example, one of the groups that I'm involved with is uh, one of the uh, the Health Innovation Hub at, uh, at UFT. It's one of the, I guess, one of the 13 that you mentioned and, uh, you know, acting as almost a mentor there. So we've I've done come in to do some presentations, uh, built up a good relationship with um, the, the founding team there. And so there's also like a lot of referral opportunities that come. So which is for me is really valuable, just having the ability to talk, even even if I, you know, my my thing is always I'm not going in to sell you a service. My my thing is I'll spend half an hour with you and understand the needs of your business again understand how can we help you and it may not be today it may be six months from now but i want to understand you know where are you with the company and how can we help you so just having those that ability to have that kind of network that referral network is very valuable um because you just don't know you know where it's going to lead right and and it's it's mutually beneficial because i can help you and then that company can say hey we've got you know another company my friend is a, is a startup here another company that's looking for services and and that's why it's important for us to be there it's important for us to provide value so that you know we have that reputation behind us in the market and and like you said you know you might see grant thornton's name um sponsoring different things but it's not just a, we don't want to just be there as a namesake right like oh yeah this is grant thornton we're not we're just a name we've provided mm-hmm. some money we find that actually that doesn't is not the value. It's not mm-hmm. just to stick our name on a, on an ad or a, or a or a banner or something like that. It's more where can we have those real conversations, right? Mm-hmm. We can spend the time, and they they value that because they know it's like you're getting you know some time with with us. Uh, a lot of cases, it's it's someone on a from a senior capacity. Uh, we find that uh, startups are you know they they really like that and they're they're motivated. I I would say to to you know when they can say hey yeah you know we've talked to someone here and they, they like our idea or they can help us so they can see some value in us as a startup. It's, it, it's really nice to see. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a very, like very uh, astute way of thinking about it, right? Like having these conversations with companies, getting to know them, relationship building, like, right. like it's exceeding the environment, right? You're, you're building those relationships. Yeah. But um, going back to that, like, like through your journey, like 
have you have you come across any any innovative company that screams out at you? You're like, whoa, that is a cool company. Like, you have a top three list. Top three list, yeah. You're putting me on the spot here, but yeah. uh, I think what, I what's the um, because a company I was mentioning to you the other day is um, uh, Bridget is a c- c- construction yeah. uh, software been company. For a so while, very, yeah. yeah, very unique story. You know, um, really like working with them in terms of it's it's nice because you you see a company that's it's nice for me. It's a software company, but in such an interesting sector, right? You're looking at the construction sector, and years ago you would have never thought like how would you put software and the construction industry together, right? So I really like that. I like that as an example because it shows that there are ways that we can innovate that we probably haven't even thought about years ago. I've got clients, for example, in uh, in legal tech. I didn't, you know, years ago, if you told me <laughs> legal tech was a thing, I wouldn't even know what that was. But, you know, working with some companies out of the legal innovation zone at, yeah. uh, at Ryerson, there's a whole legal tech division, right? And there's these companies that are doing innovative things in a, in a, in a sector that's probably very archaic when you look at paperwork and you're looking at things. Um, insurance technology, right? Your companies that are that are making claim insurance claims and digitalizing things, making you know technology. So, you know, that would probably be an example. Another another great example of a company um, is a company called uh, Pitstop. I don't know if you've heard of them. Sorry. Um, a company that's doing, um, so essentially what they're able to do is monitor uh, things that are going on in your vehicle real time so oh, wow. and sending you diagnosis say hey like you know your oil level is low or you know you need to get this thing checked so it's a constant monitor you can see the value of something like that yeah. right right it gets you get a ping on your phone saying hey like this thing is diagnosis and you know you need to get this checked or you need to get and so they, they've really come a long way uh, a company that's really doing some some innovative things with machine learning so and and artificial intelligence to be able to take uh you know uh things about your your your, you know, your fuel level and, you know, analyzing things in your car that, again, years ago, you wouldn't even think would be possible, right? And so, and then you just think about the application of that sort of technology, um, you know, uh, you know, for, for anyone, it's, it, it's, you know, for, for people, especially that are, you know, think about an older generation where, you know, you're not having to worry about things like that, or, you know, your, your, your vehicle is getting older and you're, you're worried about things like that. So you could just see the usage of that type of technology. So that that's a, probably another example. I'll probably have to come back to you with a, you know, thinking about another, uh, uh, another great example, but uh, yeah, they're, they're, the other companies um, uh, will probably be in the legal tech sector. There's a few, but I, I, I'll, I can come back with you some names. But mm-hmm. that sector really sticks out for me today. For just, just again, it kind of boggles my mind what technology is able to do in in an area where it was really, you know, probably old school. Mm-hmm. You know, like there wasn't anything that that you could think could have been done years ago and then they're they're making you know they're adapting technology to to make it work in that sort of sector so absolutely yeah. Yeah. we actually had the previous uh one of the previous uh directors of the little innovation zone on our uh, on our podcast and like that was so surreal right yeah like, <laughs> yeah because it came out of nowhere yeah. i i didn't realize you know like there's such a, like a niche for legal tech right you yeah, you would yeah, think yeah, like yeah, an yeah. industry you would be like so pen and paper like it would take a while for it to develop but there's a whole innovation center built yeah. on transforming that industry right yeah. and and that's really what the power of these like especially hyper specialized uh incubators are right like it concentrates yeah. uh, like uh, almost like a it's like a it's a consortium right it concentrates yeah. a, a level of research and development into a certain sector right and 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 find people who want who have a common interest common goal and provide that mutual uh, mutual support structure for that Absolutely, and actually, as you were speaking, the one that does come to mind is a, is a, a Epilogue Wills. Actually, is a Wills company mm-hmm. that we're working with, and so it's the online Wills process. So something is, you know, you, you know, you're thinking about when you get older, you're thinking about will, you're thinking about lawyer, you have to go into lawyer office, you got you know p- paperwork. They've digitized the whole process. It's online. Yeah. I think it's 
you know, it's it's in a matter of minutes that you can generate a will, a legal document, right? Mm-hmm. And and all that's done through technology. Uh, it is it is mind boggling. So that's another company that's so you know I, I think one of the one of the you know the great things I love about my job is just being able to see being at the forefront of technology, just seeing mm-hmm. what's what's happening and what you know what we're able to do. Um, and that's just you know there's all there's a lot of other companies obviously that that we would work with, but it's just being able to you know see that and see the you know. Even you know in, in, tra- in traditional industries where there maybe wasn't a solution before, uh, now finding solutions to everyday problems just through technology. And I think AI, machine learning are a really big part. IoT, yeah. you know, the, it's it, you're, it, there's some game changers there for sure in terms of technology. So, um, yeah. Uh, Any technologies uh, transforming or radically transforming your industry? Um, actually, yeah. In the in the process of when we talk about um, accounting, the accounting world, I you know, there's a company out there that's doing uh, our AI for audits. So mm. when you think about the accounting industry, and again, another industry that's been traditionally, uh, you know, not as uh, digitalized and not, you know, in terms of technology and things like that, that is something that's coming. So having a way to, you know, take on a full company audit through a digitalized AI process mm-hmm. is something that we're seeing, and it is transforming the industry. And I think that's something, you know, to, to, look, to look out for. Um, and more ways to kind of automate those, some of these uh, typically manual processes from an accounting perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah and even in, in our group, we're always looking at ways to innovate. You know, how can we, um, you know, how can we make life easier for our clients? You know, how mm-hmm. can we, you know, provide them tools to, you know, make things like reporting easier? You know, how can we make them, you know, make the process of, you know, as much as we're here to support them, if we can even give them more, you know, digital uh, and avenues to, to do things, um, we're all for that. But uh, yeah, we are definitely seeing things in the in the accounting space, um, you know, where I would say stay tuned for sure around stuff mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, talking about that, the CRA made headlines a few years ago because they, <laughs> they implemented an AI engine into their, uh, like into their auditing uh, processes. Yeah. Right. And now um, recently it came out saying that, you know, CRA is now going to start implementing the Canadian revenue agency is going to start implementing um, their taxes. This is going to do it for, do it for you. Yeah. They're going to pull it from different, different data sources that they're already yep. using to fact check you. And they're just going to, you know, uh, like, you know, when tax season comes up, say, hey, this is how much you owe yep. and, and pre-calculate for you. And if there's any adjustments, any changes, then you submit. And their hope is to, you know, to to prevent the lag time and people self-reporting and, and aid that process over. But what I like about this, you know, a lot of people have like reservations to this, but what I like yeah. about this, it kind of changes uh, our institutions almost, right? Yeah. Right. Especially the especially the the tax service of such a yeah. like a like a like a, like a like a gets a bad rep for being like you know a negative connotation for being like a hunter like you're being hunted yeah, by the, the by the tax man right that yeah, that yeah. that's an lexicon so much it's yeah. like what I'm interested in is how technology is going to change the way we interface with our institutions yeah. by providing more transparency by providing more direct lines of communication real time communication real, more informatics solutions. Right, and um, I, I think it's going to drastically, it's going to change like so, the society's fabric as well. Right, yeah. so I'm excited for Canada. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we've seen that on our side because we interface with the CRA a lot, and you know, things like they've gone away from, you know, you can imagine still using fax, fax <laughs> systems to now they've got, for example, they've got a portal online, mm. right, where companies can submit and they can collaborate on uh, information sharing. Right. So that's been a great addition. Um, they've started to adapt video conferencing tools because, again, everybody's remote these days and where CRA used to typically, you know, come on site to do, you know, reviews and things like that. Those are happening virtually. Um, we have heard of and, you know, we're not privy to a lot of the stuff they're doing internally, but a lot of their mm-hmm. screening 
screening processes, um, you know, AI, you know, taking, you know, coming into play to, to look at, uh, you know, things like your documentation or looking at uh, like screening a lot of your financial data. Right. And, and if you think about it, like, you know, your T4 information, the CRA already has, you know, mm. has all that. Right. So how can, yeah, I can, I can definitely see now typically, you know, governments are a bit slower adopters in terms of technology when it comes to, you know, obviously concerns around security and, and those types of things. But yeah, I think there's a lot of room, you know, even if you think about your own personal tax, you know, being able to access your your my account online mm-hmm. that that's a fairly recent you know yeah. uh you know accomplishment there when you when you look mm-hmm. at it so but i think that's where we're headed i think again it, the, the, the biggest thing is the adoption tends to happen at a bit of, of a slower pace uh when we look at governments and things like that but mm-hmm. uh, i think it's coming and actually and, and as we were talking the other i was um i was going through the uh, the previous podcast and one of your i think one of the um, uh, gentlemen you spoke with is uh, matthew at mm-hmm. new vote yep What's the company? So I, I, I'm working with Matthew right now, and and uh, that's, that's again a transformative <laughs> technology when you think about oh yeah voting online, and it's such a it's the concept you know you you think is is simple, but it's it's got so much of uh, so much complexity behind it, right? And mm-hmm. when you think about just the regulations and things like that, and and obviously everything that you're seeing in the U.S. now with voting and and all of that, but um, that one also springs to mind when you talk about uh, just. I guess a kind of a common connection that we have, but also just uh, just an intriguing use of technology um, mm. where you may not have you know kind of thought about it. So it's yeah. it's intriguing. Yeah, yeah Matthew yeah. Matthew's actually a great friend. We actually catch up at least once a week. We, we get nice. a call. Nice. Okay. And man, what he's doing is so crazy, right? Yeah. He's he, like he's trying to modernize democracy. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty right. Cool. <laughs> uh, and like you know, and especially in such a fragile state, you know, what's what's going, what happening in the states now with Trump and contesting elections? Oh yeah. And uh, you know, talking about you know, uh, pretty much uh, you know, throwing throwing away the election technology that's being utilized, it's really through a wrench in the industry. But he's still championing a way of saying like, you know, how can we support? How can we put technology mm-hmm. towards you know, championing democracy, protecting it? Right, by exactly. making it easier, more transparent for people to utilize. Yeah, and I, I think that kind of level of thinking is important. And, and no, that's really why I love working within the innovation industry. Right? Yeah, yeah, you get these cool ideas. Yeah, there's money being made, but you also get these people who are so like passionate about this like very this yeah. problem that like yeah. that just it's beyond them. You know, if yeah. they can actually solve it, if they actually yeah. provide value to it, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna give in, um, so much value to so many people. Yeah, and when you talk about elections, I mean. And that's 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 a that's a forefront like that's like the hallmark of our society. Our exactly. Society, yeah, right? and, and I'm also amazed that yeah, when, when you talk about the passion, like it's like oftentimes I love to hear the story. You know, I love to hear mm-hmm. like how how did this idea come about, right? How did, and it's always and so many times it's it's a personal experience or in the health. I've heard so many times in the health sector. You know, I had a a, a grandparent or I had a family member that was you know that had these issues, and we were looking for a way to make this make this better for them right and there's that personal connection so there is mm-hmm. there's all of a bit you know most of the time you're going to find they're, they're they're doing this for some there's a there's a there's a there's a reason behind it right it's not something that came out of the blue there there's some driving force behind it either a personal experience or something they've you know they've personally gone through a personal problem that they have so mm-hmm. many times they said you know i was trying to uh you know trying to sell online or i was trying to do this and there was no easy way to do this and i was like let me solve this problem right mm-hmm. and and that's that's great to see because 
because if you're having that problem, the chances are many of us are having that problem and they're making life easier for us through technology and being able to solve that problem. So when you talk about passion, yeah, like I, I see it almost on a daily basis, you know, you see, you see that passion in, in the, in the problem that they're trying to solve. Um, and that's, and we need to, yeah, we need to, you know, foster that. We need to continue seeing that for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you captured, uh, caught that episode, but Matt in particular, Right, like one yeah. of the one of the tidbits that came out of this episode, and one of the reasons why I love doing this is exactly yeah. what you said the anecdotal, like the behind the scenes story yeah. behind the people, right? Yeah. That's driving them. Yeah. And with Matt, like with elections, like he he talks about a time when he was like in, in middle school. He was mm-hmm. at a, a, a house party, and just during election time, so all these elections are happening, and none of them, none of the people there cared about. And he was a conscientious yeah. person. He's like, you know, he's he, you know, he's well read. Yeah. He wanted to go into journalism, right? I'm just gonna turn my light on. Sorry. No worries. Oh, sorry, I'm back. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. Brighter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And uh, he wanted to go into journalism and uh, and like you know. And anyways, it's a house party. And during elections time, all this stuff is going on. You know, these uh, these the girls at the at, at this party whose house uh, he was at, right? Yeah. Turned on uh, America's Got Talent, the, right. the game show that was going on, right? And they got their phone, their cell phones, and they were punching in by text their votes <laughs> on who they yeah. like. And yeah. the whole party was like themed around this, like uh, the watch party. Yeah, and yeah, he was yeah. like, man, these girls are here voting for all these, like, you know, uh, all, all these people on America's Got Talent, but like they have no idea there's election going on, right? Yeah, but this yeah, piece of technology yeah. and like this, this interaction mm-hmm. got them engaged. Yeah. And, and in middle school, you think about like, you know, what if elections were that easy? Yeah. Like, would people be more engaged? Yeah. Right. If they're if it's if they have much more direct lines uh, of, of like of voting on things, of making things more immediate, mm-hmm. right? Like promoting more direct democracy. Yeah. Right. Like how and he's had thinking about it since middle school. Yeah. And you know he ended up coming. I know. Like he ended up, um, you know, become a teacher, traveling the world, uh, teaching. Right. Uh, you know, and he became a journalist and and did that like for a yeah. while. And throughout his whole adult life since yeah. middle school, he's been thinking about this problem. Mm-hmm. And then refining it until you one day snap. Like, I gotta work on do this. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. It's it's. I've seen that. I've heard that. That's one a great example. But I've heard that kind of story so many times. It's like yeah, there's this problem. I need to solve it, and and I'll put, I'm putting I'm jumping in right, and I'm and I'm doing it. And I think we need you need to have that right that mm-hmm. drive and that passion because there's a there's a purpose behind what you're doing. Otherwise, you you're not maybe gonna go in with that men, the, that right mentality to to give it your all right. And so that's yeah, it's it's great. And they're solving the uh, the problems for the rest of us. I, that's the way I look at entrepreneurs. Yeah. It's like uh, you know you're making now I can I don't have to go to my lawyer's office anymore. I can just, I can do a will online or I yeah. can uh, you know it's it, it's it's that it's that example. And and I think yeah I think it's great. So any 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 of these uh, companies you ran into. Who's product or service that you directly personally use? Um, I think the will one I am going to. <laughs> so that's something I've been thinking about for yeah. a little while, and I'm like, gotta, I'm gonna say, yeah, I think that is an example. Uh, the pit stop example, I can definitely see myself using. I think it's gonna be something that might become more commonplace when you bring it into vehicles and things like that. Mm-hmm. That would be another example. Uh, a lot of the ones are, you know, a lot of other companies are, you know, more enterprise solutions. So probably indirectly, we will mm-hmm. end up using it, whether it comes to a, you know, to us in the form of a, a firm, uh, you know, a, you know, a software, uh, you know, uh, you, you know something that we're going to end up using as a, as a firm or something mm-hmm. like that. So I could definitely see it. I, th- I could definitely uh, see uh, see that happening more and more. And I think it's going to happen more and more. I, I just mm-hmm. think that you know, it's going to be things that you're, you know, you're going to end up 
using um, and probably either directly or indirectly. So there's probably mm-hmm. something that's happening in the back end that you don't realize it's, it's, it's probably one of my clients that's doing that or, you know, it's somebody and, and I'm a big, uh, a big fan of like uh, uh, Dragon's Den, things like that. So, you know, there, you know, you do see uh, a lot of times, a lot of those more, you know, personal mm-hmm. uh, type problems things like that since i'm more focused on the you know the tech sector and stuff like that some sometimes these things take a little bit more time to to get into the market and stuff like that but um yeah or uh, the other example actually is um yeah as i'm talking thinking these things there's a there's an app that i use all the time for uh so one of my clients called Rebe. so they do the uh the shopping so the app you know you go shopping list coupons it's great right like you know Mm. if you're if you're uh, you know, and, 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 you know, years ago there was, it'd be, you're, you're like, oh yeah, I have to clip coupons from a newspaper. <laughs> you know, you think about that whole, that whole technology, uh, coming to a digital format. So that's something definitely that, you know, that, 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 that I like, uh, to see and, you know, everything is in our phone these days, right? We want, we don't want to be carrying around things. We want to have everything. Our phone is turned into our, our hub for everything. So, yeah, yeah. uh, you're going to see more and more things. I think it's just, just get in there and just get integrated in. So yeah, there's definitely to answer your question. Definitely. They have, and I think more to come for sure. So, mm-hmm. um, so I'm going to lead this with one final anecdotal, like a story from you, like a qualitative story for you. You know, one of the coolest things about what you do yeah. It's because you work with so many different regions across so many different industries, sectors, and with all these incubators. You get to see a very wide, like, God view of, like, the landscape of innovation, right? Especially in this region, right? What are something that sticks out to you? Is there a particular region that's, like, producing a lot of cool things? Is there a particular sector that's, like, holy crap, right? Is there, like, a small town that's, like, randomly producing a lot of talent or drawing people in? Like, yeah. you know, it's yeah. something they can share with us. I, I think I, I think off the top, I think the Kitchener Waterloo region uh, that's the one that sticks out to me. Um, mm-hmm. Just in terms of what they've been able to do, um, that corridor. Just in terms of technology. So the company I mentioned, uh, Pit Stop, coming out of there, Bridget, uh, mm-hmm. coming out of there, Rebe actually. All the way, a lot of the companies that I mentioned have all come out of that region. I think it's a combination of what they've been able to do out of the university. So looking at the University of Waterloo, um, uh, and and even Laurier, and then looking at a lot of their programs. So like Communitech, which Grant Thornton was. Uh, involved with in the past um uh, velocity um i think they've done a really good job of fostering innovation in the sector and you think about them you know they, they kind of refer to them as kind of the silicon valley of mm-hmm. the north ways and you do hear that moniker um yeah. it's it's been it's been a hub uh, for me just because of my background like i do see a lot of um interesting people interesting companies in that sector um and then and you even see some of the big players there right you look at like google and you look at um you know they've they got big big companies like d2l and and they've mm-hmm. done they've done really well so it's probably not the uh the uh, it's probably more of the obvious answer but mm-hmm. it's just one that sticks out to me in terms of um you know a sector that's done really well in canada um and one that we want to continue to kind of promote and probably yeah. emulate in a lot of ways right i think i think no, a, lo- totally. a lot of the other regions can get there um but to your early point yeah like i've got clients in you know, obviously where I'm in Ottawa, in Kingston, uh, you know, in Kingston, Ontario, I don't think of, you know, technology companies. We've got some interesting companies mm-hmm. there. I've got some companies up north in uh, uh, companies in North Bay and Sudbury. Um, and our, our our group is is across the country. So, you know, in, in Atlantic Canada, there are some really, really interesting companies doing things coming out of out of the, uh, you know, Dalhousie and, and those universities out there. And then likewise in the West, you, know, you think about um, Vancouver, 
um, you know, even, um, you know, other parts of BC and things like that. There's some really, really uh, interesting pockets uh, of innovation. But I think I think what KW and, and kind of the Kitchener region is doing, um, just again, I'm biased because I'm, I'm, I'm the software guy. But um, I think, you know, I think is, is, is a really good story um that i think has resonated even down south like i, I know there's uh, you know people talk about going down to the valley and things like that but i, I know they mm-hmm. um, a lot of companies have actually we were actually affiliated with a group that um helps u.s companies who are coming into canada and specifically have targeted kw region so a lot of them have set up shop uh, r&d shops in in that region f- for that reason just the, the great support system a lot of the canadian programs that collaboration um and they're just they have that reputation so uh, that that probably sticks out to me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, so cool. I'm, I'm sure you're learning a lot from just from you know working with these yeah. companies and oh, talking yeah. to them, yeah. right? Uh, man, thank you for so much for coming on. All right, Likewise, thanks uh, for and, and sharing information. Stick around. We're gonna do a quick debrief. Sure. But guys, uh, check out Thornton LLP and uh, Narain if you need uh, advice on on your accounting needs of your startup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Ravi, and it was All great right. uh, great being on.